Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob we Welcome, welcome, welcome back All my doodaddles, future fathers Potential parents and everyone else Tuning in This is Dad Heart with a podcast As always, I am your host Mo Green Day 100 million of happy quarantine. Uh hope everybody is doing well out there and keeping your goddamn sanity. Where being a parent, locked down in a house with your kids. This is some real dad hard, parent hard, hard, parenting hard, dadding hard, momming times that we are living in. But this too shall pass and we'll get through it and we'll keep on rocking. We'll do it the hard way. You know what I mean? Anyway, this is episode. 41, the Dirk Nowitzki episode. Wow. I, I, I keep, keep, keep having them coming. This is the Dirk Nowitzki episode, episode 41 uh, of Dad Hard with a podcast. Before we start, as always, to connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on the Instagram at dadhardpod. And check out the website where this episode will be at the top of the tops. Right there, you can then go down and listen to the whole catalog, wedadhard.com. And speaking of the whole catalog, if you didn't listen to it last week, you need to jump on and listen to last week's episode, episode 40, The Big 4-0 or the Sean Kemp episode, where my guest, Rock Band Yacht Rock Review, came on they talked about dadding they talked about their you know first original studio album that they put out to much acclaim being featured in rolling stone hitting the billboard charts and not only that um they have officially become the first band to do a full out live concert this drive-in festival thing that live nation is running in association with live nation they are officially the first band to do a live concert with an audience since the this pandemic hit and it was phenomenal the reviews that that are coming out they've been featured in now the new york times there's a big expose about them so big shout out to the guys of yacht rock review you guys deserve all the success in the world um and and you deserve it it was a huge risk uh that they took they were you know a little bit nervous and talking to them about about being the first ones to go out there and and break that glass ceiling if you will uh but it went off without a hitch everybody was safe and it seems like it came out fantastic so congratulations fellas if you're listening um and if you haven't uh, taken the time to check out that episode that's episode 40 it will be second on the list on wedadhard.com. Um, but yes, big congratulations and a, and a big appreciation for Yacht Rock Review for coming on last week. That said, it is week 50. Five 
5-0. Week 5-0 of dadding for me. And that just means that my daughter is two weeks away from being a year. That means I'm two weeks away from being a one-year initiated dad. I don't even know if I can call yourself, you can call yourself a new dad once you hit one year. Like, once you hit one year, like, you now are in the shit. You are in the mix. You have gone through it. You have done some shit, you know, and you've cleaned a lot of shit. Uh, So I don't even know if I'm going to be able to consider myself a new dad anymore once she hits a year old. We're coming to, to planning her social distance birthday. Uh, it is wild. Uh, and that is something I'll probably get into next week or the week after. Um, but but it's crazy just thinking back of the, the last 300 and something days that I have been a dad. Um, and, you know, I can reflect on all of it by listening to every episode of my own podcast, right? So anyway, uh, it is week 50 of dadding. She is just about to be a year old and the consistent thing over like the last four or five weeks that I'm sure you guys listening are like, all right, what else is she doing? She got to be doing something else. It, it, it really comes down to putting things together. And they just kind of start putting things together more frequently, quickly, more complexly. Um, But now, this week, she has finally found, like, a new obsession. Now, dads, you know that, like, your kids, uh, when when they're growing at this age, it's like the, the, the one year age. And it might go into two, three years, right? Whatever. They get these like obsessions where they're obsessed with like one thing for a X amount of time. You know, whether it's balls or whether it's Pete the Cat or whether it's Elmo or, you know, a, a princess or, you know, your sneaker. You know, they get they go through these different obsessions. My daughter has not had a real obsession here since she like discovered, you know, balls and stuff like that. And she loves them and Pete the Cat. Those have been like the the obsessions. But she now has finally found the first time in the last couple of weeks. She now officially has a new obsession. And dads, I'm going to advise you to try to keep them away from this thing as long as possible because it is just taking over our lives and her obsession now is fans fans like like air making cooling fans right and especially or more specifically ceiling fans and I will have to thank my father-in-law for creating this obsession in her because she saw him turn, take a remote and turn on the ceiling fan up that's a t- connected to their light above their bed, in their bedroom. And ever since then, she is fucking obsessed with goddamn fans. Like, that's with ceiling fans. I walked into the post office the other day with her, dropping off some packages, and I hear her under, like, she's, like, covered and the stroller, and I hear her going, eh, 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 because she sees a freaking ceiling fan on above the light in the post office. I'm like, yes, I guess I, I know that's a ceiling fan. She's like, ah, ah, and she's like twirling her hand around trying to show me how it works. And I'm like, yes, I, I get it. I get it. Okay, let's get the hell out of here so you can't can stop screaming about a freaking ceiling fan. But she's obsessed with these ceiling fans to the point where she now will climb up onto the coffee table, right? She'll stand, she'll grab a remote, doesn't matter which remote control it is, she will grab it 
and she will point it at the light in the middle of our living room and twirl her arm around in a circular motion as if she is recreating the fan. And then she's moaning that it's not going to turn on. The fan's not turning on. The fan's not turning on. And I try to tell her, I say, listen, the fan is not turning on because we don't have a ceiling fan. And we we don't. It doesn't exist. That's why it doesn't turn on. We just have a light. But she sees a light. She just thinks that there should be a fan connected to it. And she takes the remote and just twirls her hand around, moaning and going, uh, 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 like yelling at my wife and I that this ceiling fan that doesn't exist in any room in our apartment, uh, it won't turn on. It is insane uh and driving us up the freaking wall so dads parents moms anybody listening keep your kids away from ceiling fans because they will become obsessed with it or at least mine did and she is just a complete insane person (laughs) but that said uh that's that's like our big obsession now every single day every minute of the day every time she sees a light she wakes up from her nap she looks the light above her crib uh, 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 as if the fan is just supposed to go on it's crazy she won't go to sleep now uh at nighttime because she she's moaning at night because my my wife will be feed trying to feed her the bottle she won't eat it she'll be looking up at the fan or she'll be looking up at the light and she'll want the fan to go on. I don't, I don't understand what we're supposed to do. I guess I'm just going to have to invest in getting ceiling fans in every, atta- attached to every single light in the world because when she sees a light, she just thinks that a ceiling fan is supposed to come on. Anyway, enough of that because I've had enough ceiling fan drama in my life. We took this last weekend, we took my daughter for her first beach day. And it was great. We did the whole thing. We did beach balls, beach toys, beach tent, beach umbrella, swim diapers, a little cute bathing suit, had a cooler, 19,000 bottles of different baby sunscreen. We did the whole nine. Yet, the only thing that my daughter wanted to do the entire time was pick up handfuls of sand and rub them on her face. It was very cute, very hilarious very stressful because we just didn't want her to eat the sand so when we started like pushing her hands away from her mouth she just proceeded to rub them on anything that she could get her hands on all the food that we had bought water bottles sunscreen lotion bottles the whole nine she just want to put sand everywhere i'm still trying to get sand out of my daughter's hair and her toes and her clothes. I tried to wash her bathing suit the, uh, yet last night when I did the laundry and like the sand crystals are like stuck in the fibers of her bathing suit. How that happens, I don't even know. I am the 30, almost 35 years old and I have never seen a sand crystal get stuck in a bathing suit fiber before, but somehow my daughter figured out how to do it. And this beach day um, was not smiles and giggles because it did lead to our second installment here on dad Harbor the podcast of everybody's favorite segment adventures in bed daddy 
Yes, this is Adventures in Bad Dadding. And this one comes live and direct from you from some random beach in New Jersey where we were. Uh, I, I went to, I had the task of, of washing, her, washing her off, washing the sand off of her before we left the beach. You know, didn't want the car to get all sandy, uh, which didn't work out very well for us. But that's another story. Uh, we, uh, I, so I took her to go get washed off. And... It was great. We were, I was dipping her toes in the sand. We sat down a little bit. I was washing her. Uh, but then like the, the, the tide wasn't coming up so, so high, as high as where we were. You know, I didn't want her to go, go too deep and anything like that. So I took a step deeper, took a step deeper and didn't realize that there was this little drop off, right? From, from the sand. It went deep, you know, it was like a six inch foot, almost a foot long drop. Then my foot just went down and went a little deep. All of a sudden, this big wave is coming, coming over the top. The waves were crazy on on uh, on Sunday afternoon there, and they they were taller than me. They were coming down. People were boogie boarding and, and surfing on the motherfuckers. That's how big these waves were. So I saw this thing coming. I'm like, oh shit! I gotta get up. This is gonna take us both down. I gotta run out. So I'm running out. I'll try to run out. However, trudging through wet sand and water with a baby in your hands is not the easiest thing in the world to do so uh, this then this wave just caught us and boom splat feel it splash up against my my back shoulder my back shoulders and just splashed over came down a little bit on her head she was not very happy it was not a pleasant experience but we stayed up, like we stayed upright, didn't fall down, nothing, like she didn't really get so taken under, it was just, you know, it was unexpected, she never really had water to kind of go over her head, wasn't really a good, wasn't really a good experience, um, and uh, then I had to deal with like all the people that were looking around, looking at me, just like shaking their heads, like tisk tisk tisk. this is why you should have let mom do it, and you know what? They're right. I should have. Uh, the next next time, uh, she she's just gonna have the job. You wash the wash wash her off in the in in the ocean or in the water. Get the sand off. That's mommy's job because I had that the the looks of disappointment that I was getting from people. It, I was just like, damn, jeez, shit. You would have thought I did something really bad, but no. I, I, but I felt bad. It, it was terrible. You know what I mean? She she got. She got splashed. It was probably a little bit rougher than it should have been, you know, than she expected or, or than it should have been. But she was fine. She had a little snot in her nose. That's it. Maybe, you know, sniffled a little bit. But she was all good. Uh, but you know what? It was my adventure in bad dadding. I don't have too many. I have one of my talking about. I have them all the time. I just don't tell you about them. But anyway, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a wild experience being in the, in, in the open water with your child for the first time, even if you're like not in, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a difficult thing to navigate. So you got to be very careful. I had to learn it the hard way. Um, other than that, man, she just, like I said, continues to put things together at a extremely high rate. The, the most recent thing that she's now put together is, I happen to think is pretty complex in what she's, what she's done, right? She started realizing what the freezer is used for, right? Like what it does. And it, it comes because she keeps watching us take like hot food that, that, that we're making for her, either coming out of the microwave or, or right off the pan or on the stove, or the oven, etc. And we take it, put it in a bowl. And then when it's too hot to cool it down, we're taking it and we're putting it into this thing called a freezer. She doesn't know it's called that, but so it's to her, it's just this thing, right? And when it comes out, 
it's cold or it's cool. And we tell her that it's, you know, we're putting it in there because it's too hot, even if she's hungry and screaming at us. But we tell it too hot, hot, hot. It's too hot, too hot. And we open it, put it in. And then she, like, when we forget that it's in there, she'll, like, remind us that there's food in there. Being, ah, 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 point at the freezer. And we'll go in, we'll take it out, we'll put it on her. She'll eat it. She knows it's cool because it came in a freezer. And if something's too hot, she'll take it and she'll point back to the freezer for us to put it back in. I don't know if anybody else may be doing this. I think this is pretty brilliant. I don't even know if I could have put all that stuff together at my age right now if I didn't know what a freezer did. Like, she just is taking these things, taking her memory and these different happenings and relating them to each other. She So what, what she did here is she related the act of cooking and it being hot to us putting it in to someplace, taking it out, and then she was able to eat it because maybe it was cooler. Then she also took that and realized that when she takes a bite and it's too hot, she can put it back in there and it gets cooler so that she can eat it later. It is it is miraculous in my opinion, but of course I think everything she does is miraculous. Dads, parents out there, if you don't think everything your, your kid does is miraculous, shame on you. Um, not really, but shame on you. Uh, but but it, it is it is crazy. I think that's incredible. And that's week 50. That is week 50 in a nutshell. It is ceiling fan obsessions, sandy faces, and freezers. So dads, get on your hard hats and get ready to dad hard because it's coming at you faster than you think. Um, that is all for this segment of the show. Uh, what I have coming up next, we are continuing to roll on with Music Month here on Dad Hard with a podcast with our third musical guest of the month. That is three straight, uh, and he is currently one of the top blues and roots music artists in the country. He is a dad. He is a super interesting person, uh, and he is the heir to Famous Amos Cookies, which is phenomenal. So we talk, uh, so I'm going to introduce and bring on Sean Amos, uh, the Reverend Sean Amos, I should say. Uh, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff about, you know, uh, transitioning from, you know, touring life into dadding life, talking about his experience with, with Famous Amos Cookies, talking about a whole bunch of things, how he's talking to his kids about racism and the social injustice in this country. And I want to give you a precursor and apologize for my voice during this interview because I did an interview about a, a week or so ago and I had lost my voice the day before. So I apologize for my voice not being up to par. But anyway, we're going to jump into the musical break. And on the other side, I got Sean Amos, the Reverend Sean Amos. So stay tuned and I'll catch you on the other side. Come and take a ride with me.
blaze and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your waves. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember the sandbox, little league ball, felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap. And Doc was more like Benny the Jet. No handy, but yet. And we are back with this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. And as always, you know, when we come back from the musical break, it is time for the guest segment of the show. And I am super honored to have this guest on with me this week. And I apologize to everybody for the voice. I'm trying to, I'm going to try to fight through it for y'all on this one. And I'm going to try to fight through it for my guest as well. Uh, But with no further ado, his album just dropped, uh, Blue Sky. It is fantastic. It is done phenomenal on the digital charts. And I am, like I said, truly honored to have this man on the pod to talk a little album, talk a little fatherhood with me. Uh, With no further ado, let me introduce the Reverend Sean Amos. How are you, sir? I'm well, brother. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time and, and jumping on. I'm glad that we could uh, make this work and make it happen, man. Um, what's going on on your side? <laughs> Lockdown. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lockdown. Lockdown and introspection and... Uh... You know, figuring out uh, how we all, you know, reinvent ourselves. It, it It is really a time of reinvention, especially for creatives. You know, like, it, I feel like in some cases it's, like, stagnating or stifling for the creative process. But in other cases, like, I have days of the super clarity that is just like, wow, this is the best thing that ever happened. Are you finding that to be happening to you also with the lockdown? It's so weird because you know, we're, we're, we're finding so many things at once, right? And we had yes. you know, the COVID thing, and that was you know, obviously you know, disruptive and, and, and just you know, horrific on its own level. And then, and then now we've got, you know, we're talking about you know, George Floyd and the sort of you know, racial you know, reckoning that's happening. That's a whole other layer on top of it. Yes, indeed. Um, and then we've got just you know, our, 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 our underlying you know, political strife and and, and, and you know, climate change, all the other stuff we were talking about before yeah. COVID. So yeah. I mean, it's like we're, 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 we're like fighting this you know, 10 front battle. Uh, and I find, um, like you, man, some days I'm really inspired. Yep. And, then some day, and some days I believe that, um, you know, we, we might turn the corner on some of these things. And another day is, it's just hard. Yeah, it's just hard. Um, but I, 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 I'm, I'm wired for optimism. Uh, so. You know, at the, at the end of the at the end of the day, I believe that uh, you know we're gonna do the right thing. We're gonna come out of this thing, you know, better better for it. Uh, but we've got to, uh, you know, we got to dig deep and yeah. you know, and, and individually and collectively. And I, I find myself, you know, uh, finding new levels of uh, you know resources within me that I didn't know I had. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what we kind of have to do. Like, I've, I've talked to so many different dads and just guests in general during this whole COVID lockdown thing, and that seems to be kind of like the general state of mind that we all have to have. You know what I mean? We're just going to come out on the other side, be it all better, and and hopefully with a positive 
you know, evolution in the world, in ourselves, as parents, etc. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, if we do the work, man. Yes, I mean, I mean, if we do the work, right? I mean, we, we can't, we can't, we can't, you know, just sort of wish this stuff away. Um, absolutely. But we, you know, we, we, we got to do the work, and we, we got to be willing to be uh, uncomfortable. Yes. Um, and, and so, uh, with that understanding, yeah, I, I, I believe that uh, we, we can be better for this. For sure. And speaking of doing the work, you did work with this new album. Um, the, it, like I said, I, I vibed out to it hard. Uh, it was fantastic. I loved every second of it. Um, and there are a lot of things that I want to kind of jump or a couple things I want to jump into, uh, about the album specifically. But like, I want to start off by saying, yo, congratulations on the success of it. You know what I mean? I know it was like it debuted number one on digital on Amazon and iTunes. Um, and, and it's just been doing fantastic. Um, what's been different about this specific album that you think is like leading to this, this big time, this big time success coming out? Um, that's been different from other works. Is it new inspiration coming from you? Uh, what, what's kind of changed, um, with, with this one or is well, different? Thanks for, the... <laughs> well, thanks for the kind words, man. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, the album came out on April seventeenth, right? As you know, the pandemic was just you know kicking into high gear, and like a lot of people putting out albums, you know, you know, we sort of thought, oh, sh- you know, should we like delay this thing? Should we not put it out? And, and it was we we're a little too far down the road. And you know, my fear was that it, it would just uh, get lost, right? It would get lost, and, and without the ability to tour, which is obviously. You know, the number one way that a musician gets in front of people and shares you know, new music with people. Um, without that ability, I, I just really was um, worried that this thing would just become sort of you know, forgotten about. And, and, and the opposite has happened. Yeah. And I, I don't know. You know I, I think it's. I think some of the songs have um, become a little uh, you know, prophetic in some ways, yep. uh, unintentionally, unintentionally. But I think some of the songs certainly have. have, have uh, gathered new meaning in, in the context of what's going on in the world so i'm grateful for that i think that um there is a a sort of uh maybe a, a bit of an, an intimacy about some of the recordings and some of the songs that uh are maybe striking a nerve with people who are cooped up alone and are, are getting a little more naturally reflective or you know introspective um and so i, I, th- I think in some respects you know the 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 times in which this album was released have like defined the album, yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 now that I think, you know, sort of looking back at it, but not that much, you know, hindsight. But I, I can't imagine this album existing at any other time than now. You know, it's sort of of this time and of this period, and, and I'm really grateful for that. And and, uh, and so, um, it's 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 it's, it's, it's ironic. You know, it's, it's been our biggest album ever. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> so, and, and 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 that's insane that that it's happening like that amongst all of this chaos. I always say that we're living through about nine different disaster movies in the year 2020. You know, like it's it's six months in, and I've felt like I've gone through Godzilla, Independence Day, uh, Attack of the Clone. I, I can't even tell you. It's insane, but it's amazing because. Truly great art, at, like, and this speaks to the creative process that I, w- I mentioned a little bit uh, a minute ago. But I feel like truly great art is really shining during this time. And 
I might be biased, uh, but because I love it and you're on my show, but this is a truly great piece of art. And it, and it, and it is very reflective of the time and also kind of gives a, a, a sense of kind of hope with the, with, with the, the musicality and the creativity that's coming from it. It's a, it's a, it really is a perfect, perfect album for the time. It, it, it's, and it speaks to kind of everybody in every situation during lockdown in this pandemic that's going on and uh, amongst the, all the other things we're dealing with. So well, I, I, I think, appreciate that, man. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I wanted to make an album that was you know, intentionally, um, that, 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 I wanted to leave, I wanted to make it on that had room for people to bring their own meaning and their own story to it. You know, yeah. some of my favorite songs are those where you know they're open ended enough that I can you know make it my own. Yeah. Um, versus, and then I wanted this album to have those qualities. And I think uh, I think we succeeded in that. And I think that uh, you know there's enough sort of uh, you know some of some of the lines are colored in but there's enough you know there that people can color in for themselves absolutely Absolutely. And you talk about getting more intimate with the album, right? And, and, and you want this level of intimacy to go on to that. So I am going to use that as a perfect transition into talking a little bit about fatherhood and your experience in that because <laughs> your daughter, you speaking of intimacy of the album, your daughter's featured singing on, on the album. She's uh she sings on the lead track, uh, which is called Stranger Than Today. Uh, she's in the music video for that That's- song. With me, and she's on the cover of the album. That's, that's her popping out of the RV. Yeah, sir. That's fantastic. What was the what was the backstory or inspiration to bring her into the creative process? You know, um, she's always been a part of my. You know, we have had a, always. I have three kids. She's my oldest, um, Piper. Uh, she's nineteen now, and um, you know, we've we've always been really tight, man. And I, I don't know if it's you know the first kid thing or. Or what? Um, but we've always been tight, and we've always shared music together. You know, it, it's been it's been a language we've always shared, and and, um, and and we've always could sort of you know find our way, you know, back to each other through music. Music's a way we both sort of help make sense of the world. Yeah. Uh, we, just, we, just, we both, you know, our tastes are not, you know, they're, they're similar in some regards, but it's not like she's a blues fan or a Roots music fan, you know, necessarily. But, but we, you know, we respond to music in the same ways. And so, um, she sung with me when she was younger. She sang with me a couple of times. I, I had a YouTube series for a while called Kitchen Table Blues. Oh. And, um, and she sang uh, with me on, on an episode of that. Uh, she did a couple of gigs with me early on. So, you know, so she's drifted in and out of my life musically you know, here and there. But uh, this album, I just, um, I, I wanted, I wanted her to have a document of us, you know, that, 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 that would stand for the test of time. And I, I really felt like when this was happening that, you know, I was giving her a gift and that she would look back at this, you know, years from now after I'm gone and, and it would be something uh, that she could hold on to of our relationship. That would, that would be meaningful to her and sort of become even more meaningful, you know, over the years. And so I just wanted to sort of, I wanted to have that, uh, I wanted her to have that of us. That's awesome. Um, it's also part of, it's interesting that you say that that's kind of, you wanted it to be this capsule in time for her to always be able to have, right? And kind of capture this moment regardless of anything else. Because ironically enough, that is exactly half of the, the concept of what I do with the podcast. You know, I do this, inter- this interview conversation section with, with dads and the, the first 
part of it is going through my week-to-week development with my daughter, who is now 11 months old, the whole purpose of which is to keep a time capsule of her entire life that she will always be able to have. So it's interesting that you say that and now you're doing the show and then we're doing kind of the same thing, if so facto. You know? <laughs> there it is, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, but that's fantastic. And you know what? Also not trying to be biased or anything, but this is a fatherhood podcast, so it's probably the reason why the album is so successful, because you're getting to your fatherhood spirit with your daughter getting her on the album, you know what I mean? It's bringing magic to the world, you know what I'm saying? Well, I always said, you know, I've always said that, you know, the only, the only things anyone's going to remember about me, you know, if I'm lucky, you know, they'll, they'll remember maybe, you know, some of my songs, and they're going to remember my kids, Yeah. You know? I mean, that, that's sort of it. Yeah. That's, um, that's, is the, the legacy that we have to live as parents. You know what I mean? Yeah, is, is totally. uh, we live on through our kids and kids as kids and so on and so forth yeah. down the line. Um, you said she doesn't necessarily get into the same music that you make. What, what is she into? And did she try to bring that vibe to the table as far as the collaboration process? She's into, I mean, she's, she's, she's broad taste, man. I mean, like me, it just, she just follows current music a lot more closely than I do. For sure. Um, so, you know, so she's, you know, she's a Harry Styles fanatic. Um, oh, no. And, and she loves, you know, uh, uh, Childish Gambino and she's a, you know, an EDM freak and, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it kind of travels, it travels pretty far and wide. She was, I mean, she's been in a Beatles mode right now. I mean, it's funny because I think kids of her generation, you know, they they stumble upon music either through you know something they see in an Instagram feed, sure. you know, or or, or or to track to a YouTube video. So they're not discovering music through music being the prime delivery vehicle. You know, right. it's like they're 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 hearing it as a soundtrack to something else they're watching, and then she sort of you know will use that as an entry point. But she likes a lot of seventy stuff too. She loves Fleetwood Mac. She's oh, interesting. With Mac Phase right now, so wow. she, um, uh, but she gravitates to singers. I mean, she's she, she's motivated by you know voices, uh, and she loves you know good singers. Nice. Yeah, that's sort of her entry. That's sort of her entry point. Awesome. She didn't bring to idea. She, she she's you know she um she's been around me enough to know what it means to be hired to do a gig. You know, I, I gotcha. Sort of. Okay. She, she knows a lot of. She has a lot of session players because she's seen a lot of session players coming in and out of my life. And so, you know, when she came into the studio, she knew she had, um, you know, she had a job to do. You know, the gotcha. song was written, you know, the track was laid down. She was the last thing to put in there. And so she had to fit into the track in a way that was, you know, going to feel real and feel right. And so um, she was focused on how she could, you know, um, support the song. Nice. And, is she, um, is she and, like having uh, aspirations for career music? She talks about, but no, I mean, she's a psychology major at Boston University. Um, you know, she she talks about it in the same way that I think a lot of kids talk about being famous. You know, but um, I, I'd be surprised. She also has horrible stage fright. She, uh, <laughs> yeah, she she like loves to sing, loves to be in the studio, but is terrified being on stage. Well, that is a big part of being a famous musician. So you know. <laughs> Uh, but and again, perfect transition. You dropped it right there, that little gym. How has it been for you from a dad standpoint, also being a traveling musician? You know, you alluded to it before. Obviously, now we're locked down, but you spend probably a significant amount of your time on the road traveling. How do you deal with that duality of, you know, touring musician and father at the same time and kind of being present and successful at both? 
it's so hard, man. And, and, it, and it's done its share of damage, you know, as well as created its share of rewards. Um, you know, I mean, anyone you talk to is a traveling, makes their living on the road, whether it's, you know, a musician or being in the army or, you know, being a traveling salesman. I mean, yeah. they'll all say that, um, you know, it's, it's in some respects a, a god awful way to make a living. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, uh, it's hard to hold things together. Um, you know, my traveling, uh, was certainly a factor in my divorce. You know, I'm, I'm two years divorced now and my traveling has, um, I can see it being a source of, of pride in, in my kids to some degree. Um, and it's also something, you know, that they have resented. Um, yep. it's, it's done some particular damage uh, to my relationship with my son, my, my, my middle child is, is a boy, my only boy. And, um, and we've had a god awful time trying to you know, find our way with each other. Um, and it's in part because of divorce. It's in part because of, you know, what the, travel my travel is done and the age he was when i traveled you know you, you can sort of like you can sort of you know gauge the effects it's how each kid by how old they were when it started yeah. you know interesting um, very so, interesting and so and so for my youngest you know, it's all she's ever known you know yeah. so it's completely normalized for her you know my son sort of um you know was at a certain age when my career was taking off my second career i should say um and so you know, he responded to that in a different way. And my oldest was, you know, kind of out the door already, yep. you know, and, and to some degree. And so she sort of maybe needed me less in that regard. So it's affected them all to different degrees. I think they all um, are, 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 you know, proud of me. Uh, sure. You want your kids to be proud of you. I think they'll probably just think they, you know, show it, you know, openly to different degrees. <laughs> sure. No, I get it. it but, makes sense. But, but they're all, but yeah, they're, but there's some of them, you know, they're angry a little bit too. You know? yeah. um, it is, it is part of the collateral damage, you know, uh, of this kind of life that we choose to lead. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. But I always feel like, you know, parenting's a long-term game, you know? Of course. Like I said, my, my daughter's you know, 19 now. We're closer than we've ever been. Um, and I feel it's getting closer all the time. Yes, you know, so I, I definitely, you know, have a, uh, a long view about this stuff. For sure, like I said, I'm 11 months into being a dad, and like, oh boy. Think, yeah, exactly. Tell me about it. You can say that one again. Uh, thinking about the long term game of it is so difficult to do in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, you just are thinking about how, especially when they're that young. You know, like how much of a percentage of their life each individual moment is at this point in time and it's really hard to take those blockers off and notice that yeah. wait but in the grand scheme of her life they're literally first. zero yeah yeah, but it was your first. When you first, you feel like everything you do is like life yes. or death, right? I yes, mean, so absolutely. You're, you're like, I mean, it's funny, but you know, I, I talked to my daughter about stuff like that I'm kicking myself about something I did when she was five or four or seven or even eight, and she doesn't even remember. Yeah, right, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't there for this. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say to you know when you're in the eye of the you know, storm and for sure. know, eleven months into it, but uh, you know you, you, there, there there is there's greater margin for error than you think. Yeah, for sure. And and I always say I always like to say that 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 kids have or at least babies especially have like quarterback memories where just like you said like they're not going to remember half of it. They they want to you know you love them. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like it's, it's just uh. And that gets displayed in so many different ways, uh, aside from you know, being face to face. And um, you know, I, I do believe that um, you know all my kids know 
that I'm there for them. They know, you know, I love them. They, they know that, um, that they are a priority, you know, sure. and that the times I've been taken away from them, you know, are not because, um, you know, it wasn't a rejection or, or, or a refusal of them. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think, uh, so I hold on to that. I hold, I hold on to that. And I think that, uh, you know, it was over. Yeah, for sure. And and you also, like, I know we talked about your daughter being on the record, but she's, like you said, she's also in the video. That footage came from, like, a road trip that you guys did together or something like that? I got to tell you, man, that video is really the, the, the sort of my, my, my proudest moment of the album is, is that video. Um, I, played it, I played it for the band. We, we you know, had the final edit. You know, we're all dads, you know, the, the yeah. brotherhood, my band, you know, we're, we're all fathers. And, um, you know, the guys were like all teary eyed when I played that thing. Wow. And, um, yeah, we, um, so I relocated to Texas a couple of years ago. Actually, next week will be two years. Um, and uh, my, my family are relocated here uh, in, in the wake of, of, of my divorce. And um, that video was uh, filmed over uh, a Christmas holiday. It's actually it was, it was last uh, Christmas break, and uh, Piper had just returned home from college for her first time after, after you know, leaving for her freshman year, uh, and and we were sort of uh, at odds a little bit. You know, we we, wow. we, it, we were sort of dealing with like our new reality and, and the bumpiness of a divorce, and and um, and trying to get to know each other sort of in this new way. You know, like, it, I, for me, it was sort of like, how can I? You know, how can I be a dad and let and let my kids know that being a dad is still the most important thing to me? Yeah. And at the same time, begin to you know form a, a new life for myself. You know. Yeah. And, and it's a tricky thing to navigate. You know, for me at least. You know, so how do I sort of define my own self at the same time? You know, be a father to, to these children that I love so much. And so, you know, it's sort of a, a re you know calibration that was going on and yeah. so uh piper and i decided we wanted to drive down to austin it's like a three-hour drive and so we drove down we went to the, an airstream where that's the, on the cover of the album nice and i just filmed it i just filmed it i'm like yeah, can, I, can i just film our trip and you know, she's cool with it and so i just you know had my you know iphone camera i just sort of was just picking out moments of us uh, together and wow. um and it came out it's something it's hard to articulate, man. You know, there's just something that in that video where you just sort of see, like, the fragility, you know, of our relationship and, and the strength of it at the same time. And, and, and it, there's just something really bittersweet and sort of um, tender uh, about yeah, that whole absolutely. video. And it's, um, yeah, and it's not even like a real narrative to it. Yeah, it's, it's always just a series of these sort of, you know, impressionistic images. Um but it really, it captures us. I don't know, it captures us. I'm so happy I have that document. It's really one of my, uh, uh, I'm really, I'm really proud of that whole thing. <laughs> have you let her know that you, that's, that's like the proudest moment of the album? Oh gosh, she knows. Yeah, oh, sure. okay. Well, good, for good. Sure. Cause, I, Cause if you didn't, you should. It's, I mean, it's a phenomenal, yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's a phenomenal she thing. What she knows what she means to me, for sure. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. It's awesome that you were able to kind of, amidst all of this tornado of everything going on, um, and, and in your life and everything that you were able to share that moment and really have this kind of real awesome once in a lifetime fatherhood moment with, with your daughter that you are also now able to incorporate into 
what's going to be a, a massive successful album for you and, and a piece of music create to, creatively. She's a part of the whole thing now, which is I'm sure yeah. for both of you is really cool. Well, it's about the power of creativity, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I just, you know, for me, the place I always go to when I need to understand something, or I need to, you know, rebuild something or tear down something. I, I, I go into my creativity. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's just, it's just the greatest renewable resource I've got. Uh, I, I don't know any other place to to start uh, other than just to try and you know, create something in order to help me understand what it is I'm going through. And so, uh, and she recognizes that, um, and she has a bit of that in herself as well. Maybe not to you know, the same extent, but she's got a bit of it. But she certainly appreciates it and sees us. In. And she, and look, to be, let's be honest, but she's a bit of a muse you know, in that regard. You yeah. Know? And she and she certainly played, you know, a bit of a muse in that in that music video for Stranger Than Today. Um, and and you know, and then that that video ended up leading to the album cover. You know, that the album cover is basically a, a screen grab from the video. So so I think you know, she she appreciates being let in I think you know, being let in on my creative process uh, and being sort of my traveling companion in that regard and I'm, I'm grateful for it a lot I'm grateful because I think um, you know a lot of times it's sort of like the reverse right? it's like, you know, my, my, my creativity has been the thing that's taken me away from my kids yeah. so often but, but to also have my creativity be a thing that brings me together with my kids uh, you know, it's a nice counterbalance. Well, that's also the thing about creativity in general, right? It, it, it takes you as a creative away from the world, but also enables you to be more present and a better functioning asset to your individual world and your relationships because you bring this creative energy to the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Sense? I mean, you want, you want your kids to see you... Um, be passionate about something because hopefully it'll inspire them to be you know passionate about something. Yeah. My greatest wish for my kids is that they find something that they you know have to do that they're yeah. compelled to do that they, they can't they don't feel right in their skin unless they are doing it. It keeps them up at night, you know. I mean, sure. I, I, I I wish that for them that they discover that kind of you know passion and that one thing that just totally lights them up. Um, and so for and so for them to see that in their father, um, and also see that it, that it's work, you know, it's like not not just sort of like you know hear a song on the radio or you know see me on stage playing in front of people, but but also see you know the grind. Yeah, it's work. My daughter, you know, Piper, also came on tour with us for a bit in Europe uh, about a year and a half ago, and I was so glad she came because she got to see it. it, it, it it's it's work. Yeah, you know? and it's and not, a lot of it's not very glamorous at all, and so I want them to understand that these things, that success on any level, however you define it, you know, comes with you know sweat. You, know? Yeah. you got to work for it, and, and hopefully, there's a little bit of luck that you know, falls into your lap. But even if the luck falls in your lap, you got to be prepared for it. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm grateful that they um, that they sort of see me, you know, do this stuff up close and. And you know, my youngest daughter's been on the road with me a little bit, and my son Ellis, you know, has been involved to a lesser degree. But I, there's a lyric video we did for one of the songs on the album called "Counting Down the Days," and uh, the the handwritten lyrics are my son. Oh, Ellis. that's so awesome! Made, also, so yeah, so I've made every effort to sort of you know pull them into what I do, just so to demystify it, to help hopefully, you know, um, you know, show them, you know, uh, that they can chase a life of you know creativity and passion if, if they choose to for sure now now you are your kids i should say are not the only 
children in your family that are children of famous Amoses, if I may use that term loosely or as a little bit of a dad joke for you. Um, but, but you also come, your, your dad is famous Amos Cookies. Did you get instilled with that type of mentality from, from him putting that grind in? Did he have that same mentality for you that you're, that you're pushing on your kids to show that, that you can achieve this great success, but it definitely is a grind in work, etc.? For sure. I mean, we all learn from observing our parents, right? He starts with the same as, as, a, as, a, as a, literally a, you know, a cookie store on a, on a corner of, you know, in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard. And, uh, and I was there with him helping set up that store. So, you know, I was sitting on top of the milk crates working the cash register out yeah. in the back making cookies. So, you know, I, I very much was, you know, working, you know, from the age of seven. Wow. Um, you know, and so I, he absolutely instilled in me, you know, the value of, of work. Um, and, and, and paying attention to details and having pride in what you do. And, and um, so absolutely. And, um, and I also think on a practical level, you know, um, you know, he was divorced as well. And, and, you know, the times he had me, he had shit to do. Yeah, <laughs> so, and so, you know, he, he dragged me with him, you know, um, you know, I, I've worked hard to make sure I've got time with my kids. That isn't just about them, you know, tagging along, you know, watching me work or maybe helping me work right that we're also having time where we're you know just you know doing what they want to do um i didn't have that much of my father my father my time with my father was almost exclusively watching or helping him work uh and that you know i guess is in the is a bummer on some level but it, yeah but it, it gave me you know it helped me understand what it means to work you know? for sure and that things happen because you 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 know, you, you will them into being, you know, through, through your, your blood, sweat and tears. And so, um, so I am grateful for that with him. I mean, I, you know, I think there, um, you know, we all, you know, suffer, you know, the consequences of our, of our you know, parents yep. in some you know, respects, but, um, and I, I'm certainly, there's, there's no shortage of damage. Talk about it. Tell me about it. It happens no matter what. I mean, you're, you're going you're gonna to mess it up no matter what. I mean, it's just like, this is the nature of, you know, people living with other people. For sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, shit happens. Um, but, but my, but you know, my father definitely instilled a lot of great lessons in me. And, um, and I did, and, you know, I have no fear of hard work and I understand that, um, you know, uh, it takes equal parts, you know, passion, persuasion, and just, uh, you know, just powering through, you know, to get stuff done. For sure. How was the transition from like straight on the road musician? Has that helped to build the, the strength of the relationships with your kids because you guys are locked down together or are they not yeah. even with you? No, absolutely not. I tell people like, the, the, the number one, if maybe only benefit of this whole lockdown has been um, what it's done for my relationship with my kids. I mean, hands down. Um, you know, my kids go back and forth between my place and their mothers and with, with you know, varying degrees of regularity, you know. Gotcha. Um, uh, but, you know, yeah, I see them a lot more than I have. Um, and it's been wonderful. It's, it's enabled me to have some, you know, great conversations, particularly my older one and sort of, you know, clear the air and a lot of stuff. It's uh, particularly my daughter and all of the, the black lives matter movement that's happening now. Um, you know, I've had some amazing conversations about race with my daughter. You know, Oof, that, this thing's you know, right into my next question that I was about to talk to you been, about. It's been beautiful. Um, you know, it, it's, it's gotten me a bit closer to my son, although we've got still a way to go. And, um, 
and my daughter and I, my youngest and I, you know, have had some wonderful times. So yeah, I, I, it's, um, you know, the, and I think also it's like, even if I don't see them like every other day or whatever, it's, it's you know, I, I live eight minutes away, you know? And so I think just having them know that I'm here, like I'm not yeah. on a plane somewhere. I'm not like halfway around the world, uh, that they know they can get me if they need me. Uh, it's been a huge, the positive, you know, yeah. the positive. So it's beautiful that you're taking advantage of the time to kind of reconnect or connect more in-depthly with your kids. Make up for lost time, for lack of a better term. That's a fantastic yeah. thing. And it's a huge positive about the about the lockdown in general. For me, I get to watch my daughter grow up because we're working in yeah. the house, you know? It goes by quick, man. It goes by quick. I mean, sure. I'm not being a dad. I mean, there's never been um, any debate about that. Yeah. I love, love, love being a father. That's and, awesome. Uh, and I, and I, and I um, you know, I want to do it as well as I can. My, my career choices presented some uh, obstacles to that um but uh but yeah, I, I, I'm loving it. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned talking about talking with your daughter significantly about the Black Lives Matter movement, and I want to let you know that that your you had a post on your site as I was doing kind of some prep for for sitting down and talking with you that really hit struck hit, hit home with me. I'm I'm a biracial man. My dad's black. My mom's white and Jewish. And you told this story on your notes from the Rev column. Dude, on, you on... sound like a black Jewish man. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like the very epitome of a black Jewish man. Oh, that's the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever heard on this damn podcast. I mean, oh my god. Your voice, man. <laughs> That is amazing. Is black and Jewish. That is the best thing I've ever heard anybody say to me in my entire life. And I hope that my loud cackle didn't just wake up my daughter from her sleep because that I just died over that. That's fantastic. That um, makes total sense. <laughs> see, now it all comes together. You know what I mean? We make it full circle, bro. Um, but no, when you were talking about on this post about how you had a Jewish girlfriend, and you had to wait around the corner and get your white friends to go pick her up at at, at her parents' yeah. door to go bring her over to meet you to go on dates. I think you, you mentioned you were in ninth grade or something like that because her yeah, parents didn't great. want her dating a black guy. That that really struck a chord with me because I had that duality my entire life. So it led me to to want to discuss with you how are you going about discussing this movement and everything that's going on in our country and, and involved with, with racial relations and this racial uprising and call for change that everybody should have been getting into 400 years ago, but now finally you're trying to join the fight of, you know, how are you talking to, to your kids about that? It's something I'm always, always, always interested in discussing. It just so happens that all of my friends have very young kids, so none of us are talking to them about it yet. Sure, so sure. I would love to just get some insight on how you're dealing with that, how that's affecting you as a dad, and how you're having those conversations. Yeah, it's a challenge with my younger ones. I mean, my, my daughter, uh, Piper, uh, is 19. We've had just, it's been amazing. And we, we've gone to rallies together. Wow. Uh, we've been watching you know, every documentary under the sun together. We've been, you know, reading things, sharing articles back and forth. Um, we're like, you know, we're almost like a real time news feed going on with each wow. other. Uh, yeah, so, um, and she shared a lot of her experiences, me being, you know, a light skinned, uh, you know, black woman, uh, and what, and the, and the sort of difficulties she's had, which are not, you know, dissimilar to my own experiences growing up where, you know, she, you know, 
they call it you know, white privilege, right? There's white privilege, yep. there's white privilege. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and, and so she's, uh, you know, has, has had to grapple with you know, other blacks who, you know, claim she's not, you know, black enough. That's and, my life, man. That's my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah my life too. And, and so, um, in fact, you know, but she self-identifies as being black. She's biracial as well. Her mother is uh, is Mexican and, and uh, Caucasian. Gotcha. And so, um, so, but she identifies as being black, and, and, and she is you know, trying to figure out, you know, what being black means to her, you know, on her yeah. own terms, regardless of what other people are going to say about her, other people are going to choose to define her. Uh, and so that, that awakening in her is really, is beautiful to watch. It's, it's painful to watch as well. Uh, but she's navigating it. You know? and, and, and it's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier. I think she's also going through what a lot of people are age in, are going through where like, she's angry, man, because it's yep. like what she was taught is not what happened yep. in school, you know? Yep. <laughs> and so, she, and so she's pissed off. She's like, I, I didn't know about this. It's like, why, what, what do they teach us? They're, they're, they are systematically keeping information from us. Listen, it's uh, not even just kids her age. You know what I mean? Like there's like, like my, my wife is also white as well. And there's a lot, all this stuff that's coming to light now. Like she didn't, you know, she didn't realize was, what was taking place. There are a lot of things I've had more conversations with my white friends about this stuff that are reaching out, like asking me about my experience, you know, in, in, with these things and, and, and talking to me about different instances where I may not have been led into a club with that they all got into because I, my jeans were too big or that was their excuse at least, or, you know, times that they've watched me be harassed by the police and didn't understand what happened. It, it, it's not just people her age. It's, it's, it, people in general that haven't lived the yeah. experience as well you know what i mean so, so not that i meant i didn't mean to cut you off i apologize for that no, but, no, but sure, yeah so she's so she's you know she's, she's going through it's beautiful to watch my younger ones yeah my, my youngest is 11 my, my boy's gonna be 15 and, and it's it's tricky at those ages you know because party wants to you know wants you to help party you as a parent wants you know uh you want to help them hold on to their innocence, right? Yep. And, you, and you don't want to burden them. And then, like, kids, God, man, I mean, growing up just as a kid over the last four years alone, right? Yep. What, what these kids have been exposed to, yep. you know, the, the, the just, you know, the, the pettiness and vindictiveness and, and ugliness of, of this, you know, uh, administration and, 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 you know, terrorism and, uh, you know, climate change. I mean, this is, every day is a, a horror, you know? And, yeah. And, and, through the eyes of a kid, I mean, these kids are scared, you know, and then these kids are full of anxiety and then they're full of um, just, it's, it's, it's tough to be a kid, you know, yeah. even before this pandemic. And so yeah, I'm torn on one level of, you know, not wanting to burden them more while at the same time wanting them to feel empowered with knowledge and with education. Yeah. Uh, and also, and also wanting them to, um, you know, not be caught flat-footed. You know, when I was a kid, um, and I was opening up that, helping my dad open up his cookie store, uh, I was seven years old, and a, and a guy walked into the store and asked what we were doing, and we said we were going to be selling cookies. And uh, he said, nigger selling cookies? Oh, my God. And, and, and then walked out. I never heard that word before. And, and my father didn't explain it to me. You know, that was, that was his way of dealing with it. He, he didn't want to give it power, you know? Yeah. So he, so he dismissed it. And I, and I never was taught, 
about you know the racism or the ugliness that exists in the world. And so then when I dated that girl in ninth grade, you know, the Jewish girl that I wrote about, uh, and I was so ill-prepared for all these things that I came up against. I, I, I just was really flat-footed with the whole thing. Yeah. And, and, I, and I feel like it was a bit of a disservice my parents did for me. Yeah. And I get, where I, get, I get where they were coming from. And so I'm torn with you know, wanting to... Um, you know, my kids to be empowered with knowledge uh, so they can protect themselves and defend themselves and be aware while at the same time recognizing that they live in a world that's far scarier, has far more threats than the one I grew up in and, and, and not wanting to burden them with one more thing. So, I, you know, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. And so, you know, I wanted my kids to come to, the, to a rally with me. Um, they didn't want to go. They're scared. They see the footage of, you know, things, you know, protests sure, turning sure, ugly sure. in certain instances or the word about you know coronavirus I and mean, they have very sure. valid reasons for not wanting to go Absolutely. so you know if, if you're if your 11 year old kid or your 14 year old kid says dad i'm scared you know i don't want to go like you got to honor that as sure. a parent, right Absolutely. <laughs> even, Absolutely. Though I, even, even i'd like to be raising little activists so, <laughs> you, know, my, you know my 19 year old's like let's go right? yeah. and so you know you, you sort of pick your battles you know yeah. um you know i share stories with them you know they um you know they yeah, I look for windows. You know I mean, and there's sure. little windows of opportunity. And if I get a little window, I'll duck in and you know lay a little bit of knowledge on them. But I recognize that I, I can't be sort of preaching it 24 seven with them at this point in time. Sure. Have you shared that story that you just told me about about the da- your dad and opening the the cookie store? Um, a lot of stuff. I mean, it's funny. I've, I've written a lot of stuff, um, and I feel like my whole sort of catalog, whether it be in my catalog of my albums or songs or, or the things I've written that have been published in different places. It's all sort of a, you know, a, a living, breathing, you know, uh, you know, uh, remembrance of my life, you know, for, for, for my kids to sort of dig into. So it's there. Um, you know, some of it they know about, others they don't. And, sure. I'm, you know, and I'm a no, I'm a no mad rush. I mean, it's, sure. all, it's all there for them to discover whatever. It's funny, my, my oldest daughter has been, going through her grandmother's things oh, wow. um, and, and it's sort of like, you know, looking at that side of her family. It's a wonderful thing when you get to an age where you sort of want to know about your family history. Yeah, you know? for sure. It's funny that you mentioned that not, it's actually not funny at all. That was a terrible word to use, but it, it, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that that was kind of your first uh, experience with you had this experience with your dad when you were seven years old and this guy came in and said niggas make, making cookies or whatever like that that because I, I have to I shared the same type of a thing we weren't making cookies but I was also seven years old my dad went to go get a, a bottle of apple juice and didn't come back for four and a half hours and when he did he was bloodied and dirty because he got oh my he got caught outside with uh, cops came so thought that he fit the description of somebody that robbed the grocery store right around the corner. And even wow. despite the owner of the grocery store telling them that this wasn't the guy, I know this guy, like this is not who it is. They still proceeded to, to harass and, and, and um, rake his, rake his face and clothes and hands up against a gate. And meanwhile, his seven year old son is sitting in the house. We're only around the corner. So I'm, what town is this? this is in Manhattan where I uh, New York city, man. The, uh, oh the, the big freaking apple. I'm what seven year? years old. Uh, probably what? I'm 92, 93. Unbelievable. Yeah, dude. It was, and, and that was my first experience 
with with racism also so it's interesting that, that you say that because i feel like as kids as kids coming up and also why i asked you the question on on how you're you're dealing with it with your kids because i feel like my generation definitely because i know friends that have similar situations they had to go through these processes themselves their parents didn't give them an education the way that you're doing with your kids um i feel like that was the way to go, you know, it was almost like you had to be initiated as a kid into, you know, what black people and African-American people and people of color dealt with in this country yourself in order to get that knowledge and understanding before having the conversation with your parents. So at least that was my experience. It seemed like it was yeah. similar for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, we all get indoctrinated, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, yeah exactly. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, but no, but it's fantastic that you're that you're really taking the time to, to to educate and have these conversations with your kids in this day and age. It's just so important right now. I like wish my daughter was older that I so that I could talk to her about it. You know what I mean? Uh, she'll um, get there soon. For sure. Hopefully, it'll be a better place when she gets there. Absolutely. Um, but no, man, this is this has been fantastic. Like I said a million times, I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, uh, thank gonna, you, brother. We're gonna wrap up in a minute. But before I let you go, there are two questions that I ask every single guest that come on the show. So I'm going to throw them both at you. Um, you know, again, this is these are these are now selfish questions for me to learn how to be a dad myself, which is why I talk to dads on a pod. But my, my, the first question that I always ask is, um, what's just been your favorite experience? As a father, and I'm sure you have an interesting, I mean, you definitely have a, an interesting circle of experiences given your profession and everything like that. But what's been your favorite experience or favorite thing about being a dad? Oh my God, that's a tough question. Yes, it is. It's great. I get them every time. <laughs> um, my favorite thing about being a dad. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, um, it, it, my, it's my favorite thing is, is is the hardest thing, which is which is the humility. That, Interesting. That brings me. Um, you know, my kids are. Um, you know, they 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 get me over myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, they get me over myself, and, and I've had to really. Um, you, know, you, you go through life, particularly if you're an artist. You know, in, in such a. Um, you know where, where you are, you, you put yourself at the center. You know of your own story. Right? Sure. Yeah, it's just we tend to do, and you know when you're when I'm with my kids and I'm really choosing to share space with my kids, really choosing to listen to my kids, um, and let them lead and, and, and sort of you know give up you know my insistence on me being in charge. Um, what I realize is that it's one of the few times in my life where I'm not at the center of my own story. No. Um, um, you know, uh, I, I put them at the center, and, um, and 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 the humility that brings me, and what I learn is, is just uh, light years beyond what I could learn if, if I hadn't given up that position. You know? That's great. Um, That's interesting. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful for the for the humility that they bring me. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good answer. I like, I haven't heard that one yet. I always like when I haven't, you know, a lot of the dads I speak to are young dads like I am, right? Mm -hmm. So their things are always the same. Oh, I love waking up in the morning. Oh, when they smile for the first time. This is a beautiful thing. <laughs> Even with the dads I've spoken to that are, that are older um, and have older, older kids that can have a little bit more breadth of, of experience under their belt. Yeah. 
this is that's a that's a fantastic one because it's it's very true that we are even not as artists as people we always kind of put ourselves at the center of our own story right and now when you have a kid you can't do that anymore you know yeah. uh for an artist it's probably a little bit harder but you know for uh, that's fantastic that's a beautiful thing um the last question that i have is and this is really where i am trying to you know i use this time to 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 learn how to be a dad myself so i'm 11 months in your daughter is 19 you have two other two two other kids what is the best piece of advice that you could give for either you know a new father like myself hint hint or uh or a dad that's behind you in the fatherhood process um Learn non-attachment. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and, and, and by that, I mean it sort of manifests itself in a couple different ways. I, I think one is, um, you know, being able to have your life be interrupted, you know, at any given moment and, and, be, and be cool with that. Uh, yeah. so, um, and so not getting attached to how a certain outcome should be. Um, because you will get deep involved in something. It could be writing, it could be reading a book, it could be cooking, it could be whatever, and, and you invariably will get interrupted by, by a screaming child, by a dirty diaper, by something getting knocked over, whatever it is. Uh, and that will go on to the day till the day you die. I was with a friend the other day, gave me to sit down for a lovely lunch, and my oldest daughter called me sobbing. You know, oh, said, Come home right away. You know, she was upset about something. So, I mean, you know, so, so you know, you, you, you always get interrupted and so to not get attached to what you're doing um and to not get atta- attached to uh to outcomes you know yeah. um because you because you, your kids will end up um becoming things and, and being things that you never would have dreamed uh and, and they'll lead you to conclusions that you never would have dreamt you'd be led to and so um i find that if you can sort of um you know, let go of being attached. And that's not to mean you're attached to them. You love them. Of course you do. Sure. But, but sort of becoming non-attached to, to specific outcomes, it will really help you keep your sanity because, yeah, sure. uh, there's, there's a serious loss of control. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a very serious loss of control. Uh, anybody, any parent that, that claims they have full control, I want you to come on this show and tell me how you do it because I don't think that exists. And I don't believe you if you say you do. Um, have you ever, speaking of that though point, have, have you ever had to been pulled off the road or off a tour? Because of something that happened to your kids at all? This is like, that's a completely no, impromptu thing. Thanks for that. Okay, good. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, Sean, that is, that is, that is it. That is, that is, that is uh, it. That's, well, that's everything. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time to do this. Congratulations on the album um, and, and, and all the success and everything. Uh, you know, for anybody, anybody that wants to that wants to check out your current stuff, Blue Sky, all the music videos, etc. What's the best way for them to to kind of connect with you and the music? Uh, starting points the website seanamos dot com s h a w n a m o s dot com and uh, and then the music's all over everybody music Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. For sure, we're, we're easy to find, or, or good old fashioned Google search. Excellent. So that so if you listen to this podcast right now on Spotify, you can then just follow it up by searching for Sean Amos, and you'll be able to listen to Blue Sky and the entire catalog as well. Just so you know, um, but Boom. no, Sean, thank you so very much. I really appreciate thank it, you, and uh, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, man, be well.
And that was the Reverend Sean Amos uh, taking some time out of his very busy schedule uh, with all the success of his latest album, Blue Sky, to come on and sit down and talk fatherhood with us on Dad Hard with a podcast. And with that, that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, to connect on a fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our Instagram at dadhardpod and check the website wedadhard.com and do not forget to check out the Reverend Sean Amos since he was so kind enough to come and, and sit and do the interview, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, might be one of my favorites the, thus far in the, in the Dad Hard catalog. So definitely check out Check out that, show the support, check out his daughter in the video. That's like the ultimate dad hard move right there. So definitely check that out. Until then, that's all for us. Same dad hard time, same dad hard place next week. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the Summertime. Oh, that home cooking. Oh.